computer. Lego Batman here. Play Podcast PD. This is Podcast PD, the show that provides you with anytime, anywhere professional development. Our conversations and guests will provide you with the learning you might get in a faculty meeting or on a PD day. Except you'll have more fun with Stacey Lindis, AJ Bianco, and me, Chris Nessie. Welcome to another episode of Podcast PD. I'm Stacey Lindis. I'm at iRunTech on all things social media. And I'm here tonight with Chris Nessie and AJ Bianco. Say hello, gentlemen. What's going on with you guys? Oh, not much. I'm uh, presently recovering. Oh, this is Chris, by the way, in case you're listening in for the first time and have not heard my buttery smooth voice as opposed to AJ's marginally smooth voice. He's E-V-O-O. Oh, that's that might be even worse, but oh, extra virgin olive oil? No way! Uh, the whole EVO thing. Hey, hold on. L- let's not get off track. Let's let's <laughs> stay right. focused. Chris, what's going on with you? Well, I just got back from Utah, where I attended the two-day USET conference, and USET stands for the Utah Coalition of Educational Technology. So I was with about eighteen hundred people from Utah. It was all ed tech coaches, district personnel, classroom teachers, and this is the big uh, statewide conference in Utah. It's actually a, uh, a subsidiary of ISTE at the state level and had the opportunity to go out there thanks to uh, Kite Learning and present on podcasting and social media and how to support teachers really like myself who want to do things with educational technology and um have really great discussions and meet a lot of interesting people. Got to reconnect with friend of ours, Derek Larson, who is also a listener of this program and a good friend of his and also a former guest of my show, Lynn Smargis. So those are the two people I actually know from Utah that I've met. And it was a really, a really great conference, something that I'm not used to seeing or attending here in Jersey on, on that large of a scale with that many people. I guess the only thing I could compare it to with that number of people would be if I took the time to go to the NJEA conference. Again, it, it was a good time. Got to eat some good food, see some local Salt Lake City sights and sounds. And, you know, overall, I had a great time and uh, would certainly go back out there again for business as well as for pleasure. Very cool. And you made it out there okay in the snow and Mother Nature didn't hold you back? No, Mother Nature did not. I was able to book an earlier flight and get out of the tri-state area to fulfill my commitment and obligation to the fine folks that made it possible. That's fantastic. Do you know, just speaking of USA and its its the affiliation, does New Jersey have that? Yes, we do. And you know what? I learned what it is. It's the NJECC. NJEC, baby. We were there. (laughs) Oh, you guys went to that. We did. There was not 1,800 people and it wasn't a what, is it a multi-day thing, AJ? I forget. Oh, yeah. No, you said, um, sorry, you said NJEC is a, uh, I think it's a two or even three-day affair, to be honest with you. I think it's two, though. I, think no, I didn't two. go. Where was I for that? Not invited. Oh. No, kidding. Um, I don't know, but it was held in January. I feel like I had something going on. It was at Montclair State University over here up in... Uh, the northern area. Of and you area. two guys got together and talked about podcasting, right? 
Chris talked about podcasting. I talked about blended learning. No, personalized learning and learning Person. menus in the classroom. Very cool. Yep. And hopefully we can put in something next year and do it again. Maybe all three of us will be there. There you go. And Jack really is though a pretty good uh, organization in this area, and it's pretty well known, and and getting bigger. So while it wasn't eighteen hundred people, it was still a, a nice gathering of many schools from different areas. I mean, just to give it some a sense of scale, there was a school district that unloaded three buses worth of people out in front of the building it was held on on the University of Utah campus. And they yellow all, buses or coach buses? Uh, school buses. But they all got off these buses. They all had the same T-shirt on, which actually ironically happened to be the same color as the volunteer T-shirts of the USET team. So it looked like there were so many volunteers. <laughs> but it, it, it was there were a lot of people, and you know it, it was a lot of fun. AJ, what's up with you? Got to be honest, not much really going on in this neck of the woods. Things are uh, pretty chill, status quo, I guess, which is not a bad thing. I'm sure things are going to get crazy. Uh, within the next two weeks, we got a couple of different things going on. And uh, and the biggest thing that took place was Coffee EDU that I helped organize and run up here in Bergen County was the middle of the month of March. And uh, we had a special guest come for our uh, Coffee EDU this time around. Who was that special guest? It was none other than Stacey. I was there. I showed up and I um, feel like I kind of surprised a couple people just because nobody expects anyone to drive an hour and a half to get to a coffee EDU. You surprised me. I mean, you've you've done it before. Both of you had made the trip before. I just I thought you would have said something to me that you would have been there. Then it's not uh, a surprise. Yeah. I didn't think you want to be surprised enough. You wanted to make sure it was going on because could you imagine if it got canceled last minute? Well, I saw you advertising for it still on Facebook, but then I got nervous because a lot of times you'll tweet about it and I'll just retweet it just so that people know that it's happening. And then I was like, what if he doesn't show up? And I go all the way up there and AJ is not there. Yeah, I try not to miss this no matter no matter what. I try to make my schedule clear for that hour. Well, hour it's certainly something that you are like a big organizer. I'm extremely passionate about. I, I really, I really, you know, this is really one thing that I really think uh, everyone benefits from whether it's the small coffee shop that we go to that is bringing in local business to the people that are there to discuss and learn and meet new people. Um, I really feel like a lot of people gain great information from a coffee idea. So it's something I really love to organize. I love to, to be part of, and I wish there was more I can get to uh, in this, in this wonderful state of New Jersey, but sometimes can I do so much. Well, I got to say, yeah. every time I see pictures of the Coffee EDU that, that you share out on Facebook or Twitter, everybody is always happy and engaged as opposed to some of the other miserable PD opportunities that, that exist for us as educators. So it's it's a nice thing that you are a part of that really does make a difference. And again, I, I've attended one. Stacy did invite me to come to this one. I just wasn't able to get away from you know family on, on that particular Sunday. But you never know when... One or both of us will show up and surprise you again. No, we have April, May, and June. So, uh, if you're thinking about coming, let me know. I'll save you a seat. You know, I gotta be honest, we we continue to uh to grow. So, that's really one thing I like. And, like, you know, we call it our Sunday morning PLN, and you know, it really is a great group of people that continuously show up and have new conversations every time. All are welcome wherever you're from, doesn't matter. That's awesome. 
That is fantastic. So today we're talking about something very similar to the types of authentic conversations that you would get at a coffee edu. And we are going to give you 10 tips for hosting a successful ed camp. And um, the idea kind of came to us because over the past month or so, I know I've been asked a couple of times um, for some advice on hosting an ed camp, which just kind of struck me as somewhat surprising just because I attend a lot of ed camps and I do help facilitate the ed camp, New Jersey um, organizing team, but I would never say that I was any kind of great organizer when it comes to that. But you guys also are on the ed camp organizing team for ed camp, New Jersey. And then um, some other ones, AJ, you do ed camp leader. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Ed camp leader, in North New Jersey. And Chris, Come are you on other ones? Besides Ed Camp, Jersey? No, I'm a, I'm, I am a one, I am a one trick pony. Yeah. And, and usually when I help out at other Ed Camps, I'm helping to facilitate the, um, the session board. It's kind of like where I like to hang out. Um, Rock in the dock. Yeah. I never do the dock. I only do the wall. And a lot of times I just hand out post-its, but even that has, I've seen, I've been to so many other Ed Camps where I like, I have only been an attendee. And um, I'm seeing some new things going on. So I thought that, you know, between just being an attendee and seeing all of the good things that happen um, from that vantage point and just knowing what we do to help organize Ed Camp New Jersey and what AJ does to to help organize Ed Camp um, Leader North Jersey, I just thought it would be a good topic and something that we could share out so um, we can get started with that. But first... I do want to be forthcoming and say that we threw out the question, like what questions you guys might have about organizing an ed camp or what tips and tricks you have. So some of these suggestions come from some of our good friends in the Facebook group. And if you're not part of that Facebook group, that's a bonus tip. So check out the ed camp organizing Facebook group on Facebook. Who wants to start with tip number one? I'll start with tip number one, building a strong team. I'm going to read from our notes and then we can expand upon it. Remember to broaden your planning committee because when you have a broad planning committee, that helps to make the event more meaningful when you have multiple ideas and multiple people contributing. Not that you want to get so bogged down with multiple cooks in the kitchen, but the more you can distribute some of the other things that we're going to be talking about, the easier and actually more pleasant your planning experience can be. And one of the things that I think of when I think of a strong team is, I guess, finding the people that you want to be working with and put together this event with. And you want to look for people that you can, first and foremost, that you can count on, that you can delegate and they're trustworthy and responsible, and they will also bring good ideas and you know, make an impact. Yeah. And I think the key to that too is the broadening piece, right? You don't want it to be five people from one school, all kind of sharing the same ideas. You definitely want to like throw, cast your net out far and wide to people who've been to other ed camps, people who kind of can speak to the needs of the diverse population of educators that you're serving and just kind of get those creative ideas coming your way so that it's not just the echo chamber 
that sometimes we fall into listening to. I also think with that team, it's about building the trust and building the relationship when you have the people around you that you know that you can rely on. You know, you're going to be able to kind of divvy out the roles in a better way. So you're not tackling everything by yourself. So, you know, find the people you connect with at other ed camps, bring them along and uh, ask if others want to get involved, because if they're at an ed camp, obviously there's something there that that's driving them, that they'll have great ideas going forward as well. I think that's really important to that ask, you know, inviting new people in keeps your energy going, right? Like I think organizing an ed camp year after year after year can be kind of daunting and cumbersome to someone's schedule. So it kind of makes it easy for new blood to come in and take over for certain roles. I know in my personal life, I'm tr- I'm trying to ease myself out of certain positions and I'm kind of waiting for someone to kind of pick up that one particular role that I have so that I can make my transition out. Um, so picking up new blood is very, very helpful. Chris, what were you going to say? Well, first, that's exactly how we wound up in the positions we're in with Ed Camp New Jersey. You know, th- there was, I guess, a lack of energy on the part of the planning team a couple of years ago. And now we have other people who have kind of stepped up and, you know, they weren't planning, but they were attending. And these were people who had ideas and wanted to kind of move the game forward and, and do some new and different things, or even just looking at things that were being done and try to do them a little differently. So that's been nice as well. The other thing, and it goes back to how we started just this part of it was the idea of not only having a strong ed camp planning team, but having somebody within the school district have a school district planning team where you might have to involve and have conversations with your superintendent or the district technology team or someone who's involved with professional development, uh, even down to the building principal of the school you want to host it in. People need to be involved even at a district level. So this, in essence, might be two separate planning teams where you might have somebody on your team be the liaison to the district. Obviously, it's easy if you have somebody who is part of your planning team who works in the district you want to have it in. The example I can give is that was me for Ed Camp, New Jersey, you know, doing it at New Brunswick High School in New Brunswick Public Schools. I'm on the organizing team and I work in the district that it was in. So that made communication between the district and the planning team real simple. And that was part of my role when Ed Camp was in my school as well. So definitely makes things a lot easier. You know, I had conversations with the superintendent, but um, that's actually part of tip number two is like creating that location thing. So AJ, do you want to talk about that? Yeah, sure. So a second tip, find a location that's big enough to host the group you're expecting and gain support from your district. So you, you want to find the place that, you know, maybe it's not your school, but maybe you know people who are at that school or, you know, as Chris was saying, have that district team that's part of this. Um, but you want to make sure your, your your school is going to be easily accessible through, of course, major highways and byways and anything else you can get away from. And uh, when you're creating this, make sure the school is also up to date. Make sure the Wi-Fi is open uh, so that many people can log in with a variety of devices. I know when I have my device is with me. I'll try to get my phone on the Wi-Fi. I'll try to get uh, at least a laptop or two onto the Wi-Fi if I bring other things. But also make sure it's open so that, that you can 
maybe grab Amazon or grab Voxer or even Twitter. And that should be open as well so that it's not blocked. Uh, you want to make sure you can get to these things easily accessible, tweet it out. And then uh, if there's a book somebody mentions, you want to buy that book. So have your location has good Wi-Fi. Uh, make sure the rooms are big enough that we can or you can make sure that they are organized in a nice way. Uh, we like to have circles or squares or whatever else you're looking for. You want people to sit on the floor, do it that way. Um, can I jump in on that one? Yeah, please go ahead. So when it was at my school, um, speaking of the organizing team, one of our supervisors um, reached out to the teachers whose rooms we were using and asked them, you know, if they wanted the room back exactly how it was when they left on Friday to leave a map. And um, only one teacher asked for that. So then we felt extremely comfortable saying, yeah, you know, arrange the room however you want to, you know, um, to that point, steer clear of science labs. Those are the hardest ones to kind of create that that energy in because everyone's sitting in that awkward position of being at those fixed science tables. Um, but, you know, circle up. And as an attendee, circle up, you know, make it feel like a comfortable place. As a facilitator, encourage your attendees to circle up. And actually to jump in on the, uh, with the Wi-Fi being open, now this wouldn't really be required, but it certainly makes it convenient. If the school or district you're going to have it in, if you can arrange that there will be no password, that makes it real easy to maybe on an opening slideshow or to have some flyers on the tables to just say, hey, here's the name of the network. Just get right on. Because then you got to deal with people, you know, they put the password in right and, you know, kind of support do they need, you know, things like that. So if you can get it where no password, network name, just get right on, makes it super easy and super convenient for your attendees. Agreed. And then people marvel at how open your Wi-Fi is. AJ, what else do you have in that section? No, just just to finish it up, also think about your parking situation. Um, I would love to host an ed camp at my school that we're at right now. However... I don't think the parking is always ideal. So that's something we're going to have to work on to get more people to come. But uh, I think that's really the biggest thing. Just make sure everything is is ready for our opening day. Then when you get there, that there, there's no issues. So, and, and really with the parking, that's where, okay, you might have the quaintest, coziest, most wonderful elementary school. But your little elementary school might only have 50 or 60 parking spaces. And if you're in a place where you're going to get more people... Maybe you want to look at the high school where you're going to have parking that accommodates faculty and students, and maybe it's a bigger location. So, again, parking is important because your attendees are going to drive there. Yeah, when we did it at my middle school, that was one of um, my biggest concerns when we watched the numbers get bigger and bigger. And I was just like, we don't have that much parking. And then to that end, you want to make sure that your your bigger rooms, like your auditorium, your cafeteria, wherever it is that you're going to host your opening ceremony or opening, like where your wall is going to be, where people are going to congregate in mass, that it's big enough for everyone. You definitely don't want people to feel like they can't be together all in one place. And even one last thing, uh, the idea that it's easy to get to. I, AJ, you mentioned like you can get there by car, major highway, but train by train. If you know that that could be something that's possible, but make sure it's not out in the middle of nowhere. Unless, of course, your community is actually out in the middle of nowhere. But in that case, your community will kind of be familiar with it. Does that does that make sense? Yes. 100%. Yep, yep. 
All right, Stacey, you take you take number three. All right. Number three is promote, promote, promote. And um, there are multiple ways you can promote your EdCamp, starting with Twitter. I remember the first time I went to EdCamp Leader and there were so many um, you know, leaders in education there who didn't have a Twitter account. And I, I jokingly looked at the person next to me and said, how did they all get here? Because that's how I find out about all of my EdCamps, or at least that was how I found out about all of my EdCamps. Um, I have since found different means to do that, but promote, 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 whether it be Twitter, Instagram, definitely create an attractive website that has all of your vital information from your start time to your location, um, to maps if you need them, you know, to your schedule. I love when there's like a good idea of yeah, doors are going to open at 7.30 or whatever time you're going to open them. And then we're going to start sessions at 8.30, you know, however you organize it. I just like having all of that information, you know, send out flyers to the superintendents in your areas or email, snail mail, whatever works for you. Um, One of my most recent favoritist ways to get an ed camp out there um, came from Robert Maringolo. He is one of the um, organizers for SPED camp here in New Jersey. Um, when I saw him at an ed camp back in February and he was telling, he was asking if I was coming, I was like, Oh, I have to look at my April schedule. And he quick pulled a business card out of his pocket. And I just kind of looked at him, my eyes got big. And then I looked at the business card and it was just about the SPED camp. And I thought that that was brilliant. It's a nice little takeaway for people. Um, that, you know, you can throw in your bag when you pull out all your stuff after that ed camp, you move on and you're like, okay, I can register for this one right now. And it's, you know, quick and easy, probably can get them for, for cheap or for free from like something like Vistaprint or something like that. And um, trying to think other ways to promote. One of the things I like to do is um, now I go onto the ed camp website, the edcamp.org, and I look for ed camps in my surrounding area and for my learning in the loo, I will make up an ed camp agenda. So in the fall, I have one, I had a winter edition. And then because there were so many in April, I just made a special April edition that doesn't even have all of them, but I was running out of room. So I had to pick and choose. No, good stuff. How else do you guys, how else do you guys get your information about ed camps, whatever the promotion materials? Well, one of the things that I like to do that I, I've kind of made a more concerted effort for with EdCamp New Jersey, for example, is to make sure that once your registration opens, that you have some preset emails that you're going to send out, you know, X number of weeks before or a few days before that not only are you setting people up for to have a successful day, you know, with like things to consider, make sure everyone has the address, stuff like that, um, but also encouraging people to, okay, you've registered, bring a friend, share this with other people. And kind of use just good old fashioned word of mouth and face to face sharing. Yeah. And I, I think those emails are key, especially when they come out at the right time. You know, like a month out from your event is a good time to remember people who have registered that it's coming. And it's a good time to remember past registrants that there's still an opportunity for them to register. That leads into the next point, which is when do you do it? How do you pick the date? that's going to maybe provide the best opportunity, the best weather or other factors that you might consider. So let's talk about going on the right date. AJ, what are your thoughts on the date of EdCamp? 
So I think ed camps are, are rather tricky. I think we you need to find a, a, a great time where you're able to find educators that are looking for a recharge, who need that little boost of energy to get themselves going. That's why I think uh, November is always the best time for ed camp New Jersey. I think we're kind of in, in that lull. We're just about to hit um, Thanksgiving break and we get there and you know, we get some ideas where we can kind of digest them for a week and then we're ready to go when we come back. Um, I don't like a lot of the ed camps that happen during other people's breaks. I think that's that's dangerous because you're going to miss a lot of people. And that's one of the reasons why I'm going back to coffee to you, we're picking a coffee to you that is after breaks. So we don't want to interfere in anybody's breaks. You don't want to lose attendance. People are not going to give up their time, you know, if they're going on vacation for an ed camp. Um, you got to find a time, whether it's the beginning of the year, October, November, or maybe after a winter, you know, February or March. So I, I think when it comes to like now, I know April is like the big month for ed camps around New Jersey. It's tricky. It's dicey for some people. But I mean, it's going to be successful because if you know about it, you're going to continuously be there. But other people might not. I know for our ed camp leader, you know, we kind of focused on the summertime. So we do it the first or second week of July. And we really focus on trying to get school leaders in there, whether it's building leaders or, or superintendents or anything like that. You know, that's a hard get because it's summertime. You have a limited amount of days. And we don't do it on a weekend. We do it in the middle of the week. So finding a time that works for you and your team, you know, it really is 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 important to making this thing work. But let me just say that I, I do like when you do something like Ed Camp Leader because in many places, your administrators are working 12 months. So something that I, whether we, I don't know if we've talked about it here on this show specifically before, but the idea of how do and what support do administration what support do administrators get for PD? It's it's hard for them to get away during the school year, so really that is their time where they can come on a on, on a summer day in you know July or heck even August, depending on the location, um, to get some professional learning in this unconference style that they might not be able to get to during the year because of their other responsibilities as a school leader. And of course, I do like that Ed Camp New Jersey is in November. Great time. Yeah. And, you know, to that point, we don't really get a lot of bad weather around that time. You know, the date is always consistent. So people always ask, when is Ed Camp? I can never tell you the day, but I can always tell you it's the Saturday before Thanksgiving. Right. So like those types of things are really helpful. We're starting to see a trend in like Ed Camp after hours with school districts trying to host, you know, smaller PD opportunities within their districts. And, um, you know, it takes place when a faculty meeting might take place or, um, you know, maybe an hour or two after school is out. But then this way, it's not like it's not a Saturday because I think that's also sometimes tricky for people to to kind of um, give up. You know, like if you're if your kids are very involved or, you know, weekend is family time and that's that's your your priority, then giving up a Saturday is really hard for people. So I really like that Ed Camp After Hours is a trend that I'm seeing more and more, definitely in North Jersey or um, sometimes in more urban districts. But I think that would work anywhere. Oh, for sure. I mean, the, the idea of the, the after hours and, you know, maybe it's not a full day, but it's, you know, two hours after school and you find a way to bring dinner in and you run some Ed Camp 
sessions. It's a great opportunity to have some great conversation. The one downside is you might be more, I guess, limited to the people in your school or your district because is that that is a unique time of day where, hey, if I worked all day, probably want to get home to my family um, and I might be less willing to drive a, a, a distance of any kind to do something like that, but certainly a great opportunity to build that type of culture for learning within a school or a district. All right, Chris, why don't you take number five? Let's keep the focus on the learning. Uh, this should be the number one priority when you are planning your ed camp. And this tip comes to us from our good friend and ed camp buddy extraordinaire, Rachel Murat from, where is she from in New York? Oh my goodness. I, she lives in Binghamton. Does that, does that seem right? Yeah, she's in the Binghamton area. She's she's up there. She comes to a lot of ed camp. She has a lot of experience. And, and she's, I know she plans her own ed camp up in her school. Um, and it's something that we also talk about when we do something like Ed Camp New Jersey, and that's make sure we keep the focus on the learning because there have been times where we get distracted on, you know, the prizes, the giveaways, the swag, or we get sidetracked on even more ridiculous topics, which I can't even think of. They're so ridiculous, but we at times have been sidetracked in conversation. So, well, there have been times when we are focusing on all of the technology and making sure that each room has a projector or what technology is in the room and whether or not the facilitators and or presenters, depending on what words you're going to use, you know, whether or not they have access to the device that's in the room that works the projector. And I know we've taken a step back at EdCamp New Jersey to really focus on conversations and learning and less on Here's my slide deck with my, you know, my dirty 30 and all of the other like recycled, rehashed slideshows that people like to bring with them from EdCamp to EdCamp. Yeah. Last thing you want to do is feel like you're on somebody's tour. The focus needs to be on what's the environment, what's the climate and culture that we want to create for this event. And if you focus on professional development and growth and making connections, then you are well on your way to creating a successful event that's going to provide value to the people who attend it. All right. So Rachel, thank you for that recommendation. I really think that we do need to focus on the learning. I just remember going to an ed camp where no one took out a device and it was just conversation. And that for me is sometimes the best learning that I do is when I can have small group discussion or even one-on-one discussion. I know I've done that with other people where, you know, We've stayed behind and we hung out in like the main room and just had a a one-on-one conversation about a topic that interested both of us. And lots of great learning comes from that as well. So don't feel like you have to be part of all the big fuss or make sure that you're in like the most popular room. Go to the learning that suits you. AJ, do you want to pick up with number six? So yeah, number six, uh, we're going to get kids involved. Uh, We're going to make sure that it's not just our kids. I know, Stacey, you're a big fan of bringing your boys to there, and I think that's fantastic. Uh, but we want to make sure that the kids are from the school where you're at. You know, we want to see what they're doing. So have a student panel. Showcase student work. Uh, for EdCamp New Jersey, Chris, your school was nice enough to have culinary students uh, cook up some wonderful goodies for the day. And that was a nice showcase for the school and what they do, and I'm sure they felt good about it. Um, get the kids involved. You know, make, make sure... You know, we talk about learning being the focus. The learning for us helps our students. So make sure our students get involved and that they are there as 
as the as we're showing our participants what's possible. So of course, bring your kids as well. Let them experience hands-on maker spaces or let them experience what teachers are doing on a Saturday when they don't have to be. But another just make sure your kids are there, whether it's your kids, school kids, students, it doesn't make a difference. Just make sure kids are there, make sure they're present. Show them how to learn. I just need to echo AJ's sentiment and Stacy, it is always nice to see your boys at an ed camp. I actually look forward to when I could bring Miles to ed camp, although he last year did attend TCT, so he got to hang out with AJ, which was cool. So I look forward to involving my boys in my career. And, you know, kids at ed camp is important. I, you know, from being in Utah, there were kids there, you know, working in the like the makerspace playground. And there were some kids that did some Ignite talks or Ignite style presentations. And would it be such a bad thing to see more children at education events? They're our number one stakeholder and they are our most important client in the quote unquote business of education. Agreed. And I'll never forget the year that um, my boys came with me and one of my colleagues brought her daughter and the three of them put together a little presentation. I guess it was totally a presentation on using like robot and coding type robots in the classroom. And the three of them presented to a room full of adults. Lots of them were administrators because it was Ed Camp Jersey Shore, which was in the summer. And I just remember um, they they talked about Ozobots and um, Sphero and um, the Ollie and all three of them just kind of shared what they know. And then they they let the attendees kind of play around and someone was periscoping it like they they felt like rock stars because they were like, that was so cool. And like people were like, you did such a great job. And. I think sometimes you need to give kids the opportunity to share their ideas with adults in a way that they don't necessarily get when they're in the classroom and it's just your content, you know, that, that they're talking about, but this way they get to talk about something that they are passionate about. And my boys really, really enjoyed it. And they, what was really awesome too, was um, they had the opportunity to plan with my colleague's daughter virtually, you know, so it kind of shows the power of like how you don't necessarily need to be in the same room to create a presentation with someone. And, you know, that, that young lady lives in Pennsylvania. So we're not even in the same state. They'd never met before. And here they are like planning things out using Google, using Hangouts and just kind of connecting that way. And it was just, it was mind blowing to just kind of see them take the wheel and totally plan this out. And I just sat there and I was like, dumb shuck because I had no idea what they were going to do. And it was amazing. So yeah, bring them, bring them to present, you know, put them to work. I like putting my kids to work. So do I. Camp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is true too. That is true. So number seven on our list is transition time. Don't be afraid to make your transition time a little longer than you think it needs to be. Those free moments sometimes tend to be the most valuable for teachers, especially like me, and those discussions may help decide the session board later. So one of the things that we've done for EdCamp New Jersey is we build in a halftime. So we only build the first two sessions, and then we take a longer, more exaggerated break in the middle, in addition to the 10 to 15 minutes between sessions And that break 
allows people to kind of discuss, reflect, and think about, you know, how they might want to build the rest of the day. And I will say, gentlemen, that I have seen that more and more at other ed camps that I've been to. It happened at ed camp Tabernacle. It happened at ed camp Blitz. Um, so it's kind of cool to see that happening. Um, I know we were definitely not the first ed camp that's ever done it, but I think we're the first ed camp in our area to do it. And um, that was kind of cool. And, you know, if you're going to offer lunch, I highly, highly, highly encourage you to make it a, you know, discussion lunch, not something where you're trying to give away too many prizes or you're trying to talk over people who are just want to decompress or reflect or, you know, share all of the great learning. Nothing irks me more than trying to listen to a forced keynote type thing or, you know, people talking. Um, I, a, I think it's just disrespectful, disrespectful when people aren't listening to someone who's speaking and be disrespectful to people who are just trying to like absorb what they learned in the morning. Or sometimes you just want to talk about anything else. Sometimes you just want to catch up with people. And just- yeah, that too. Yeah. <laughs> and we've been Definitely. on that side of it where we haven't seen each other for a while. And, you know, yeah, don't jam a keynote at us. Don't make me do something other than eat my lunch. And be able to talk to people who I want to talk to. Keep it that simple. And I will, I will say more and more, like lunch is no longer part of the ed camps in our area. Um, I kind of miss the longer ed camp format, and I I see ed camps in other areas going the full day, and I I do I kind of miss that whole nine to three. Well, hey, here's a little teaser. I've been working out some things in pencil to maybe revamp our ed camp New Jersey day, but that's a conversation for another day. All right. I look forward to that conversation. Um, yep. So, you know, have some downtime, allow for a good conversation to happen in between your sessions, in between, um, you know, the morning and the afternoon, however you're building your day. Just make sure that there's plenty of time for people to talk outside of the sessions. Very good. I will take number eight and I will keep it very simple. When planning your ed camp and really any event, Just anticipate that however many people register, you can most likely expect about 60% of that number to actually show up. Now, could you get more than that? Sure. Could you get less than that? Absolutely. But when you're planning, you know, what are we going to spend our money on for food or supplies or things we want to have available that are going to cost money based on how many people show up? Don't anticipate or expect 100% of the people, uh, especially with a model like EdCamp. Where it's free, there's little investment. There's no investment for me when I register to actually show up because if I don't show up, I didn't lose anything. You know, so it's different than other conferences where if it costs me a couple hundred bucks to go somewhere, I'm going to show up barring a major emergency. So with a free event like EdCamp, just expect about 60% of your people to show up and plan for about that. And if people complain that there's not enough breakfast or lunch, it was free, okay? <laughs> it was free. We do our best. And with that, I'm going to move on to number nine. I think when you talk about number nine, this is a big one. Sorry. <laughs> You're getting choked up, AJ. <laughs> number nine is so important to me. <laughs> All right. No. You're going to start <clears throat> that over? Yeah. Sadly, <clears throat> number nine is too important to a lot of people, so let's roll with it. So for number nine, moving on is sponsors, uh support giveaways uh really go after it just go plan it the way you have to and make sure you 
get the things that you think are necessary for people there. Don't just go and try to reach out to these sponsors just because you're trying to draw people. Have uh, sponsorship or, or giveaways that are authentic, that are going to be good for people. Uh, one of the best things, uh, IPVO, thank you. They are always willing to donate some goodies for the giveaways. Uh, teachers love what you get from IPVO. So reach out to them. That's a big one. Um, think about the, all the tech companies that are out there. You know, we know a lot of ed camps have sponsorships from Flipgrid or Flocabulary or Kahoot, the Educal. Like these guys are will, willing to jump in there and sponsor anything and everything. So don't be afraid to ask what's going to happen. They say no. Okay, move on, find the next one. But I think that you can have a lot of great sponsorships from a lot of different organizations that educators really enjoy. And one of the best tips that I can give for that would be if you're exploring doing EdCamp and, and you're doing it as a new event, go check out the websites of other EdCamps. And most of these EdCamp organizing teams, even like ours, EdCamp New Jersey, will have a page dedicated to the sponsors. Go see who and what companies have sponsored EdCamp in the past and reach out to those companies that already are aware of what you're trying to do with a day like this. And again, even think outside the box. You know, with EdCamp New Jersey, we had a guy who was able to reach out to the Trenton Thunder, a local minor league baseball team here in New Jersey, not any way related to education or technology or software or anything like that, but they donated like a family four pack of tickets that we were able to give away, you know, and, and we reached out to other more creative outlets. Um, but you need to be careful with that because you can really get sucked into, oh, what are the cool prizes we're going to be giving away? You know, would I love to be able to say, yeah, we got tickets for the Yankees, the Rangers, the Knicks. Okay, maybe not so much the Knicks, but, <laughs> you know, to have cool, really outside the box prizes like that to give away, sure. But again, if you go back and think of these other things that we've been talking about, you want to make sure, again, going back to number five, focus on the learning. You know, have have stuff to give away, but that's not going to make or break your day. And don't be like to Chris's point too. Don't don't be afraid to get creative. Like, there's nothing worse than trying to tap a dry well. And I feel like sometimes we're all hitting up the same companies. And I remember when I went to Chrome Camp, they had some of the most unique prizes I had ever seen, from standing desks to all kinds of weird furniture that they had gotten from I believe their sponsor was WB Mason. So like not anything I would have ever thought to reach out to, but why not? They are certainly a company that works with schools. I just wrote that down. So in, <laughs> watch right? out. They, yeah, they have a contract here in New Jersey. So, you know, we're and, and don't be afraid to also work with your local sponsorship, whether it be your local union Sometimes they'll sponsor breakfast or lunch, depending on how long your day is. Um, you know, reach out to your local pizza joint, especially if a lot of teachers frequent that area and see what kind of sponsorships you can get that might not just be prizes, but will also offer you um, money or food in kind. And speaking of sponsorship, don't forget to, well, you don't have to do this, but I highly recommend that you plan something after your ed camp, that is like a little get together, whether it be at the local pub or a local restaurant or the local diner, whatever, you know, 
it's always nice to go someplace afterwards and, you know, let the learning continue in an authentic way, um, maybe over some adult beverages. And that is, you know, just another little tip. And then our final tip. So number 10 is to make sure you reach out and work with the EdCamp Foundation. You know, Hadley Ferguson, who is the head of EdCamp, just does such a wonderful job making sure that she is connected and that she and her group are doing all the things that they can to make EdCamps um, in the United States and across the world really, really successful. You know, I've seen her at a number of our local ed camps and it helps that she's local. She's in Pennsylvania. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and she's willing to help out however she can. And one of the first things that they offer is ed camp in a box. So definitely apply for your ed camp in a box with it. What do you get with that, Chris? You get Sharpie markers, you get name tags, you get EdCamp promotional material, postcards that you can give out to make people more aware of the concept, pens, buttons, stickers. Uh, It's basically like a little EdCamp swag. Um, I believe they also, I I can't give an amount, but I believe that part of it is also you get a little bit of seed money for your event that can be used to purchase additional supplies and things that will help to fund the EdCamp. Past years, that has been all of these little office supply things plus $200. I'm not sure what that is right now. Reach out to EdCamp Foundation and find out what you get with the EdCamp in a box. And I know through the EdCamp Foundation, they offer grants. I forget what they're called, something specific, where if you learn something cool at an EdCamp, you can apply for a grant um, based on what you've learned at that EdCamp. I know a couple of people have applied and gotten their grants funded. And that's always a great feeling. So work with your EdCamp Foundation. It's a great way to, again, promote your EdCamp because then it gets on the main calendar, which is where I now find all of my EdCamp information. And um, it's a great way to connect and see what else is going on in your area and outside of your area. How can the people connect with the EdCamp organization? Uh, The easiest way to do that is to go to edcamp.org, and they have information for the Facebook group, Twitter, uh, email addresses, phone number, actual mailing address in Philadelphia. So that that is the the best place to get in touch with Hadley and the gang over at the EdCamp Foundation. Very good. So with that being said, before we get into what we're listening to, uh, if there are tips that you can also think of if you have also planned an ed camp or organized any type of educational event and there's something that we left out, please head over to podcastpd.com slash 26, leave a comment in our show notes, or you can on our website include a speak pipe message. And in a future episode, we'll be happy to share the audio version of your tip or recommendation right here in a future episode. And of course, thank you to Rachel and Robert. And, and Derek Larson and Derek Larson for for the tips that we got crowdsourced for some of uh, this bit of a top 10 for these recommendations. So and if you that, have any questions that we didn't answer, you know, hit up all those places that Chris just told you to go to and let us know how else we can help you. Because, hey, we're happy to do that. <laughs> uh, what are we listening to? I want to go first. 
Go. So in, in getting to fly multiple hours between here and Utah, I had plenty of time to catch up on some podcasts, but one that stood out, I have to go the guilty pleasure route. And I listened to, as we record this, the latest, the story behind with Emily Prokop. And she did an episode all about Pez and the candy. I haven't listened to it yet. Then I won't say too much, but it was really good. And Emily, you did a fine job. And if you're a fan of Pez, you'll be certainly a fan of this episode of the story behind. Link will be in the show notes. I love her show, so I can't wait. But that's something that Robbie will no longer let me listen to without him. So, you know, thing two kind of gets his way when it comes to podcasts. Actually, wait a second, because I'm going to transition over to you, Miss Stacy. So while I was in Utah and we were having some conversation, Derek Larson and I, and a little bit you and some side conversation, I learned about Derek's number of unlistened to episodes on his ginormous iPhone. And you're already cringing because you know where I'm going with this. So Stacy, you hit like some magical mathematical number with your unlistened to podcasts. And AJ, you're a fan of Sesame Street. Can you do an impression of the count? Tell us, what number do you have? Ah, ah, ah. Please go one number at a time and we'll insert the ah, ah, ahs. Go ahead. Start start with the first number and you're unlistened to. One? So when I took the picture, it was a little bit Two? different than what it is now. It's a bit bigger. Three? So Thousand? it's one. Ah, ah, ah. There needs to be lightning. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. My phone just timed out on me. Two. Ah, ah, ah. Four. Oh, no. It's out of order. Ah, ah, ah. Two. I, oh, my goodness. Yeah. 1,242 un finished podcast now some of them i am in the middle of so that's for example, a lot of podcasts it is and when i took the picture it was 1234 and one, i just two, loved three, the four. number because it was one <laughs> two three four and i was like i was thinking of like the ladybug picnic you're making um, aj cries rubbing his eyes <laughs> it's like it's insane um some of it is podcasts that i just discovered this week that i'm i'm listening to for tripod month and if you're not sure what i'm doing for that i am creating a little like mini video i don't know a little video a little web series yeah i guess that i'm posting on twitter with just a recommendation each day and um you know so i'm going through some of my favorites and then yesterday which was saturday i posted like my first brand new to me podcast which was um tech meme road trip and i'm not going to tell you anything about it because i'm going to encourage you to go to twitter and look for that recommendation but um yeah i'm 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 like taking jennifer gonzalez's advice and i'm dog fooding my own assignments and i'm trying new podcasts so i found a new one that i i'm not able to recommend yet because i'm not sure that i can recommend it in good faith. I like it, but it, it it's not doing for me what I thought it would do. So before I recommend it, I want to make sure that I can recommend it with some fidelity. Fair enough. But yeah. So check out um, the tripod month or tripod hashtag. 
and that's T-R-Y-P-O-D. And then every day um, I have been tweeting out a recommendation and then the podcast PD account has also been retweeting it. And let me just say, based on the fact that you're putting out these daily videos, AJ, remember there was a time where she was like, I'm never going to be a podcaster. And now mm-hmm. she's like podcasting and putting out videos on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not, it's every day I sit in the same seat that I'm sitting in right now. You're a star. I, but AJ, what are you listening to? Uh, so I, I'm going with the uh, motivation piece. And I've been focusing on, I, I, this is going to work actually pretty well. I've been focusing on the Focus 3 podcast with Tim and Brian Kite. And uh, I don't know if anybody knows who these guys are, but uh, I kind of got this from Kelly Croy. Um, he does some work, his school district does some work with this Focus 3 group. And the podcast is hosted by father and son duo, uh, Tim and Brian Kite, who are the owners of Focus 3. And they advise uh, different five, Fortune 500 companies, uh, sports teams, and they actually get into schools as well. And this podcast is them kind of giving little blurbs from different keynotes they've been and uh, different interviews they've been part of and just kind of giving you those motivational lessons that you need to help you get through rough patches or any given day that you want to just get that extra jolt of positive. So I really have been enjoying these podcasts. Um, they're different lengths throughout. Some of them are actual keynotes that one, either Tim or Brian do. And some of them are just talking points that are, that are really interesting. And I really like the fact that uh, the way they put it out there, the information is really good. The ideas are really amazing and kind of gets you thinking about a lot of different ways to use this uh, for schools. So I would give the Focus 3 podcast uh, a good listen. So there's your tripod for from me, Stacey. I wrote it down, AJ. So there you go. Yeah, and I'm getting some recommendations from other people too. So I'm going to try those. All right. I like that idea. Focus three. Sounds good. Yeah, if you want one, if you're looking for one episode, uh, I'll give you one episode. It's episode number 24 and it's called be elite, be elite in your 20 square feet. Ooh. Episode 24. The title alone like- makes me want to go and listen. So I, I just I know. Do that's that. why I listen to it. Okay. That's why I listen to it. And it's only, uh, it's a short one. I think it was like, 20 minutes or so. Very cool. So I think that brings us to the end of another fantastic episode of Podcast PD, where we gave you 10 tips and really more than 10 when you think of all the conversation on how to, I guess we'll go with the working title, and that's uh, 10 tips for hosting a successful ed camp. And another episode and three more recommendations for some new podcasts or zoning in on some specific episodes of things we've mentioned before no no new content to share in the unnamed segment so you know if you're somebody who has an a podcast and you would like to i guess promo it or get it featured here on this podcast you can do that by going over to podcastpd.com slash feedback and you can reach out to us and we'll be happy to have you on or play a recorded bit of audio to promote your podcast we're happy to do that as you can see um in terms of regular feedback, we're always on the lookout for a new topics. So if there's something that you're interested in getting our take on or maybe coming on to the show and giving your take on and we can have a nice little conversation about it, again, go to podcastpd.com slash feedback. 
I don't think there's anything else. AJ, can can you think of anything? I think that we are good. If you're out there and you're listening, you got your spring break coming up, holidays coming up, enjoy your holidays and have a wonderful, relaxing spring vacation. Say goodnight, Christopher. Good night, Christopher. Say goodnight, AJ. Good night, AJ. Oh, good night, Count. Good night, everybody. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Podcast PD. For links to all of the resources mentioned in this and every episode, please visit our website, podcastpd.com. You can connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at AJBianco. And I also blog at AJBianco.me. You can connect with me on Twitter. I am Mr. Nessie. And I would love it if you also checked out the House of EdTech podcast over on chrisnessie.com. You can connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at irontech, and I blog at irontech.me. Connect with Podcast PD on Twitter and Instagram at Podcast PD. We would also love to have you as a member of our Facebook community. Go to podcastpd.com slash Facebook to join. You can help us reach more educators like you by telling someone else about the podcast. So share us with a colleague, and if you do it on social media, please make sure to tag us. Podcast PD is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. The Education Podcast Network. Podcast for educators. Podcast by educators. For more great education podcasts, visit edupodcastnetwork.com. Podcast PD is a proud member of Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio. Your voice is right here. For more great content, go to voiceed.ca.